so too Mary Aikenhead began to see with new eyes the people around her, the poor, the suffering, the people who are marginalised, the people that nobody else saw. And that was love coming to life in her. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what happens in every one of our St V's facilities. Love coming to life. Welcome to Compassion, Courage, Consolation. Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19. In this podcast, we're talking to people who love St Vincent's, love our staff and love the service we provide in health and aged care. We're doing this to support our compassion for one another and those we serve, bolster our courage in this extraordinary time and provide consolation amidst the challenges we're facing. And whilst prepared for St Vincent's, we're sharing this series with anyone who might find it helpful. If you're joining us from outside of our services, consider yourself part of the family. You're very welcome indeed. My name is Dan Fleming. I lead ethics and formation for St Vincent's. And in this episode, it gives me great joy to welcome Sister Marianne Confoy, who's a religious sister of charity and has for a long time been a part of the St Vincent's DNA, an integral and deeply loved part of the family, serving in many different capacities and most recently as board advocate. Marianne, welcome to the podcast. It's wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you, Dan. Thanks very much. Marianne, as we were preparing for our discussion today, I put to you a question which was, is there a story about St Vincent's that you love which brings to life those three themes of the podcast, compassion, courage and consolation? And you went and did some research to uh, develop and refine a brilliant and beautiful story. Could I ask you to start us off by sharing that with us? Thanks, Dan. I'd love to actually because this is a story that is very, very special. It's a story of an old man and his feet. And it's told by a nurse who's looking back 50 years ago to when she was 17 years of age and she just completed her six weeks initial training program at St V's Training School in the olden days of 1971. Mm. And she was sent for her first nursing round to St Vincent's Hospital, Melbourne, emergency department. On coming into emergency, she met, as she described it, a tall, gracious sister of charity, the charge sister of ED at the time, Sister Marie Bernadette. And Sister Marie Bernadette greeted her, welcomed her, and then handed her some freshly laundered clothing. She then told the nurse to go to the back part of emergency and to go into a closed room with the instruction to attend to the person who was there, to bathe him, to attend his hair and his feet. The 17-year-old was a bit shocked at that and wasn't sure what she was going to find. And when she went in by herself, her immediate reaction was to see this old derelict, a dero. And then she soon discovered that that was not a word that was allowed to be used by a St V's nurse. Mm. She was shocked when she smelled 
and saw him in the room. When Sister Bernadette saw her reaction, she told the nurse to take as long as she needed, but to bring the man out freshly bathed and clothed in the clothes she'd been given. Then Marie Bernadette left her to herself and the old man. At first, she didn't feel she could even begin the task, let alone complete it. But she knew what was expected of her. So she began to bathe him and then washed his hair clean of lice. And the old man didn't resist. He just passively received her care. As she cared for him, she was struggling with dry retching. And then she came to his feet scaly, still very smelly, and in need of real cleansing care. She wasn't sure she could touch his feet, and she said, I wasn't questioning service, but on that occasion, I learnt what it meant. I found that a change had taken place almost in spite of myself. I connected with him. I realised that I wasn't questioning the call to service that I'd heard about, that I'd learnt about. But in that moment, I understood what service meant. Since then, she said, still nursing now, part-time, she has never lost her call to serve. And she said, I don't know what I said in my heart, but with that man, I experienced a change within myself. I can't describe what had taken place between me and him, but I know that it was an experience of, well, grace, Mm. of, of love. It was a gift beyond my capacity. She recognized that somehow a deep connection between herself and the old man had taken place. Again, she commented, I saw us both as equals. Whether you call it grace or love, I don't know, but I'd crossed a line. When I brought the man out, I saw the look on Sister Mari Bernadette's face and her face changed as well. There was a trust a connection between the two of us and an understanding of what had taken place. And that was sustained in our relationship over the years. I realised that with this man and others who I met subsequently, and even now when I work with people who are suffering and experience the marginalisation of life because they're overweight, obese, because they're dirty or smelly or whatever, I realise I can do this. I had to get over myself as a 17-year-old and get in touch with a deeper personal reality. I realised I was connecting with people's spirit, not their feet. It's not something you can really talk about. That affirmation came from within me. And then, as she described the experience and began to sum up, she said, I felt comfortable with people. 
and I was able to give them the dignity and respect which is the face of service as a nurse. And it still is now, 50 years later. Wow. Marianne, that's so, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. I'm, I've got shivers down my spine and tears in my eyes. It's stunning as a, a foundational story, isn't it, for healthcare workers? Well, that's what I meet when I walk around the hospitals sometimes and see some of our nurses and I, I can't connect with them because I can pick up that sharing which is so much a part of their inner being as mm. well. But let me say, I also pick it up in the doctors. Mm. The story has been shared with them. It may not be a story of feet, it's a story of people and transformation. Yeah. Marianne, many around St Vincent's know you as Sister Marianne Comfoy, but some may not know that you're also Professor Marianne Comfoy and you've given a significant part of your life to scholarship and teaching. So I wondered with your theologian hat on, whether I could put to you a question about this word consolation, which forms part of our title for this podcast could you share, shed some light on what that word means and how it might be relevant for our staff today? Well, I think it's about um, the word consolation. To console means to be with people, to be present to them, to soothe, to bring grief in time of suffering, support in time of suffering, and um, to be able to be to companion, to share to eat the bread of life together, to be a bit um, theological, that that which is nourishes us, mm. that which nourishes us. And I think it's it's that nourishment of companionship amongst the nursing, the doctors and the cleaners and all of those who go together to make up the narrative. And I'd say our wards in our hospitals are places of consolation. Mm, that's beautiful, Marianne. Uh, in the context of the, the big story that we're part of at St Vincent's, which is, is of course, the story uh, which has a starting point with Mary Aikenhead over in Ireland who established the Sisters of Charity and also established the very first uh, St Vincent's hospitals over there. She also encountered a pandemic very soon after she started the order. What did Mary Aikenhead say, have to say about compassion courage and consolation that, that might be helpful for our people today? Well, there are books of sayings of Mary Aikenhead, but what I'd first of all want to say is it's what did she live about compassion, mm. courage and consolation? And that's what I'd say to our staff. What are you living in that gives evidence of your compassion, your courage and your consolation? And what happened with Mary Aikenhead she had new eyes to see, just as that 17-year-old had new eyes to see that old man. So too, Mary Aikenhead began to see with new eyes the people around her, the poor, the suffering, the people who are marginalised, the people that nobody else saw. And that was love coming to life in her. And that's what I'm talking about. But that's what happens in every one of our CVs facilities, mm. love coming to life. For Mary Aikenhead, it was in the context of her religious upbringing. But for the people in our hospital, 
it's what what they bring in terms of their authentic stories, who they are now, and then together in the interweaving of our stories and our belief about God, about love, about mystery and confrontation of life, death and suffering, we weave an extraordinary story that has become the St. V's story that is the story of healing and transformation of humanity, taking shape in small ways from cleaning feet cleaning rooms. Mm, that's so wonderful, Mary. And, and I mean, to hold together two aspects of what you've just told us there, there's this uh, bringing love to life through the way in which we live and move and have our being uh, in the context of Semintance as health and aged care providers and carers. And also this weaving of a story. And I, I mean, I just think it's so remarkable that the story starts in a moment of pandemic, like the one we're facing now. It's not as if it starts when everything's fine. It actually starts in the face of, of great suffering. And it seems to me that that gives us in our DNA what we need to be able to respond to this moment in time. Marianne, could I ask you a, a question for yourself at this point in time? Where do you go for consolation at a time like this when we're facing such extraordinary um, illness around the world, when we're facing this pandemic and this uncertainty that we're all gazing into at the moment? Where do you go for consolation? You know, it's an interesting question because if you'd asked me this 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, I would have given you a different answer, I'm sure. But now I'm 81 years of age, and to whom do I turn? Mm. But I turn to the source of love within me. I think the 50-year-old the um, who felt she was competent and all that sort of thing and, and, and knew a bit who she was, um, then how she would have answered would have possibly been about herself mm. but now I realize that um, the self I am born into a Catholic family that that's not the story of so many people and as an 80 year old I'm realizing that life is moving on and the one thing that I really want to turn to is the inner world within me, the inner world of love shared, that, um, that whole sense of the call to serve now is the call from the depths of our being, the call that can face the question, the paradox, the absurdity in a way of suffering and death. And so I think each of us at whatever stage of life we are at, we go to consolation. To, when we turn to, for consolation, we're looking at who am I? Who am I becoming? Does my life have any meaning or purpose? With whom can I share my story? And that's where now in turning for consolation, I turn within but enriched by the stories that have transformed my own life. And for me personally, it's the story of a man who said, I've come that you may have life and you can have it to the full by being the 
fully alive human being you are called to become. The joys, the sufferings, the desolation, the darkness, the light, and the community of communities which help me through all of the struggles have helped me through 81 years of living and loving, of failing and struggling, and being found by love with a capital L, who I name as God. Oh, Marianne, I know our staff are going to hear that and be consoled and filled with uh, the compassion and courage they need at this time. I wonder if I could put a final question to you, which is many of our staff will be listening to this discussion. So you've got their ears. What would you like to, to say to them at this time? What do you want our staff to know at this time? Well, first of all, I like their hearts as well as their ears because the story I told at the beginning was a story of service, of service in connectedness. And that's where I see so much life at the various levels of St Vincent's Health Australia, the various facilities and each individual person in their own struggles. And I want to express my gratitude to each one who hangs in for the short or the long haul, whatever it is that you're called to, and to realise we are more deeply connected than we might realise. And in this connectedness, there is a transformation that can take place. Because in this time of social isolation, we are not alone, whether we are apart from others, or whether we are with one or several others, according to what we're doing. We're connected in and through the stories that we live by, the stories we share, and none of us has a short story because all of our stories that are significant are really shaping our lives. And our heritage here at St V's the heritage of the young woman, Mary Aikenhead, who had the eyes to see the people who were invisible to others, the poor, the marginalised by life or by circumstances, that is living in our facilities with our leaders, our executive, with our cleaners, with, with all of the people who are part of the story. So care takes shape in service and we care for each other and where our outreach is beyond the other. We bring and we share our diverse stories, and each member of our staff is connected in the living community of inclusive stories, of inclusive love. And the mystery of love is drawing us all into depths that transcend our hopes and which gives our fears comfort. Sister Marianne Convoy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you, Dan. You've been listening to Compassion, Courage, Consolation, Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19. 
This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia. For more information about St Vincent's, visit www.svha.org.au. The music for this podcast comes from Kevin McLeod. His track, Bittersweet, let us in, and you can hear his track, Touching Moments, one now. Kevin's website is incompetech.filmmusic.io, and the music is brought to you under the Creative Commons 4.0 license. All of this information and more is provided in the text accompanying this podcast. Thanks for listening.